Let me take just a couple moments just to share uh, some quick thoughts with you here this morning in our time together. You can get your Bible out, your device. I, I did not provide the handout notes like I normally would just because of just the way that everything's going. But uh, there are some notes available on the Uversion Bible app or even on your church app. The church app will link you back to the Uversion Bible app. Just a few thoughts here today. And again, I can't express my gratitude enough to all of y'all that are making today's service possible, not just by showing up, but all those that work today and come in early. And I just want you to know we love you and appreciate every one of you. Come on one more time. Let's give all of our wonderful volunteers a huge, huge hand today. You can open up your Bible by clicking your device to John chapter 3 here this morning. And let's bow our head one more time in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all that you are to us here today. Lord, I'm just, my heart is full here, Lord God, as we come together as church family today, just to spend an hour together, just centered around you and your word, Lord God. So here are just these few moments that I have now in my portion of this service. I just ask that you help me just to speak what you want spoken to each and every one of us. And Lord, give us all the ears to hear what you want us to hear and the eyes to see what you want us to see. And Lord, help us to apply the principle to our life. In your name we pray, amen. I'm gonna just in my opening here, just read what I would consider to be probably the greatest Christmas verse. And it's a verse that doesn't seem like a Christmas verse, but I believe it is. John chapter three, the most famous scripture of all time. Verse 16 And then on to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave, you can read it with me if you'd like, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have, oh, come on, say it with me, everlasting life. Of course, verse 17, many times we don't read on through, but to keep it in context, verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. And there's been a question that I've been asking lately at World Harvest. For you, it may be getting old, but for me, it just brings me great joy. So this is Christmas time, and I've got the mic, and I'm the stage. How many of y'all love Jesus today, and you're excited about it? Amen. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. That verse, to me, is... The greatest Christmas verse of all time, for God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. Last week, I just hit on the concept of making room. And so this is really a a DM or a PS to my message from last week. Because there's an old proverbial saying that we hear so many times that Jesus is the reason for the season, right? We hear that, we say that, but... You know, Brother Todd, Lentz, uh, Brother Todd uh, uh, last week, he posted something on his Facebook that just, really, I've just been pondering. And he made the argument that, is Jesus really the reason for the season, or are we the reason for the season? And reality, Jesus is the reason for the season, but the motivation for Jesus being the reason for the season is you and I. In our lost state, in our sinful state, you know, if it wasn't for Jesus, we would, we would carry the load of sin and having to deal with our past failures and our past mistakes on an everyday basis. As if it wasn't for Jesus, we would pay the eternal consequences for the sins that we were simply born into. If it wasn't for Jesus, we, we would not be able to fully experience the true love and 
that Jesus gives and what true love is like, which is being accepted, not being judged by our past or even our present mess-ups if it wasn't for Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, that we, we wouldn't be able to experience hope, joy, peace, love, and security, and uh, uh, even a, and a purpose in our life. So Christmas is a time that we should be reminded of the overwhelming love of Jesus that he has given you and I today. Luke chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Let me just read it to you real quickly here. We read this last week. In the story of Christmas, the original story found in Luke, it says, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for Mary to be delivered. Verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger. Come on, everybody say it with me. Because there was what? No room for them in the end. So if we look at the John 3, 16, for God so loved that he gave, we, we look at the thought about Jesus coming. The big question that we've just been asking over the last two weeks is this, have you made room for Jesus? Because when Mary and Joseph got there to Bethlehem, there was no room for them. And really, there was nobody willing to make room for them. And like I said last week, if you could turn back the clock, I'm sure the innkeeper, the people that they went to ask for lodging for, if they knew what waited for them, if they knew the event that took place, if they knew that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was going to be born that night, how many of you know they would have made some room, right? Would have made some room. Many of y'all, you're making room for people. We got people coming. We're making room for them. You know, and it's one of these things that we have to understand in our life and the times that we're living in. The question again, the overlying question is, in the busyness and the hustle and the bustle of our world today, in the business of our life, are we making room for Jesus? And it's an easy response to say, yes, I am. But the reality is this, are we really making room for Jesus? Because how many of you know, life happens. Come on, life happens. Tammy and I, yesterday, we're having a beautiful Christmas Eve day. I mean, it was one of those slow wake-up mornings. How many of y'all like those slow wake-up mornings? That's kind of like you just, you don't have to get up anymore. You just kind of get up when you want to get up. I love those mornings. And we went to her coffee, did our little trip. It's just wonderful. And, you know, I did my devotion time that morning. It's just a wonderful morning. Tammy's doing her thing in the kitchen. I'm like, when she's cooking in the kitchen. Come on, husbands, how many of y'all like when your wife is cooking in the kitchen or... We got any husbands that cook in the kitchen while your wives watch? Yeah, okay, yeah. Come on, you're a blessed lady, aren't you? Yeah, all the ladies are like, oh my goodness, how do I train my husband to do that? But, you know, and, and it just had great lunch, and then our world went into chaos mode about 2 o'clock. You know, I shared just how, you know, we've, we've got this house, investment house. We turned it to Airbnb. And so we have this family that's come here. It's their first Christmas without their daughter who was tragically killed in an accident here early in the year. And they're like, man, we just want to get out of town. And we want to use your house. And we're like, come on, bring it. We want to make this very special. Well, they called and said our sewer is backed up. Our toilet's backed up. It's backing up into the bathtub, and it's like 2 o'clock. And I'm like, let me run over there. Let's see if we can plunge it, and it didn't help. I'm like looking at my clock. I said, we got candlelight service at 5 o'clock, and I've got to preach a service and all this. I'm trying to get them taken care of. We're going, we're going to shift them out of the house to another house. And it was like, oh, my gosh, and all this stuff. Is just, I mean, and has anybody had one of those days where it's like all of a sudden just, it's just wonderful, and all of a sudden life happens. Yeah. 
I, you know, and I, I thought we had it taken care of. And then after service last night, I like didn't get it taken care of. And I'm like, oh, we want to make this special. So I spent two hours on a rooftop last night, in, you know, in 10 degree weather trying to get a sewer cleared. It's so cold. My gloves are freezing to the pipes and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And then the Lord just dropped this in my heart. I wonder what it was like for Mary and Joseph trying to find a place in Bethlehem. Wow. I was going to this effort, this extra effort just to make room for these people that I didn't even know. But God loved us so much. He provided a way. And even Mary and Joseph, when life was happening, trying to figure this thing out. How do we find space? How do we find space? If you want to know the rest of that story, join me in my house this afternoon as I'm trying to still figure it out. But anyway. <laughs> Just a couple of quick thoughts here because just Mary and Joseph, there was no room for them. And again, I just want to ask you the question that I've already asked. In our busy lives, are we making room for Jesus? Are we making room for Jesus? Four characters of the Christmas story. Let's just take a brief glimpse at. There's four characters. I don't have time to dig into all this real quickly, but one of the characters... The Christmas story that we might not think of as a character in the Christmas story was the man that was in charge of that whole region of the world at that time. King Herod. Anybody remember that part of the Christmas story, King Herod? King Herod, the wise men came from the east. They go to the king, said, hey, we hear a king's being born. And Herod, out of jealousy, he's like, you know what? I didn't know there was going to be a king. They do all the research, find out there's a king. King Herod, out of his jealousy, he wants to know where Jesus is at, where the new king is, so that he can eliminate our savior there. King Herod, we see in the Christmas story, I believe in one of the characters here, point one is this, King Herod had a response to the coming of Jesus. And his response to Jesus was this, I will not give room to Jesus. What was that drove him? He was jealous. He was afraid that there was going to be a new king arise, that he would lose the throne. We, so Herod saw the birth of Jesus as a threat to him. You may be saying, Pastor Brad, what the heck does that mean to me today? Well, I believe that for some in our world and Probably not you that are here in the sanctuary right now. Maybe not even those watching online. But for some in our world, the thought of Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life is a threat to them. Because they got their concept of what their truth is and the way they define their life. And when they look at Jesus and what he represents, they see Jesus contrary to what they want to do in their life. And Jesus is simply a threat. Herod, during Jesus' birth, he saw this as a threat to his powerful position. He was a powerful ruler of the Jews at the time of, of, of the birth of Jesus. Herod liked his power and he, wasn't going to make, and he was going to make sure that he remained in control. Here's my question for you. Are you a control freak? Come on, how many of y'all like to have everything in order? Come on, here in just a little bit, we're going to go toward dinner. Some, there's going to be some of those people. Y'all are control freaks. Come on, you got to have everything neatly. you got to have it in order. And if it's not in order, I mean, we have a freak out moment, right? This is what I've learned about making room for Jesus. We've got to relinquish control. Serving Jesus, you got to relinquish control. Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and tell them, I'm not a control freak. <laughs> Amen. Say, I surrender control. 
The second character of the story here we see is the wise men. Everybody say wise men. How many wise men were there? What did the wise men ride? We really don't know. Some say three people. Some say they rode We really don't know. Most likely, it was a whole lot more than three. Most likely, because they come from Persia, it could have been horses they rode, not camels, right? And many people see the nativity scenes. They see the wise men there in the, at the nativity scene. The wise men did not show up at the manger that first night. They were not there. In fact, it was probably nine to 18 months later when the wise men made their visit. But the wise men, the second characters here, this represents a dutiful visit. They did their duty. They followed the star. They, they made room for a moment for Jesus. But in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, look at this. It says this. It says, and when they had come, talking about the wise men, when they had come into the, what? House, not the manger. When they come to the house, they saw the, what? Not the baby, the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts of what? Gold, frankincense, and what? Myrrh. Verse 12, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod. Look at this. They departed for their own country another way. Now, this is just what this means to us, making room. The wise men sought Jesus. They found Jesus, but they went back to their country. What happened to the wise men after that? We don't know. We really don't know what happened to them. But this is what that speaks to me. There are many people in our world today, in a moment, they run to Jesus. They spend a moment with Jesus, but then they go back to their lifestyle. They go back to their way. All you kids that are here today, come on, kids, wave at me today. Come on, how many of you kids are glad to be out of school today? Are you glad to be out of school? Come on, how many first graders do I have in the room? Any first graders? Any second graders? Any third graders? Any fourth graders? Where's my fifth graders? Any sixth graders? How many of y'all don't know what grade you're in right now? Come on, kids, how many of y'all are enjoying the holiday? No school. Woo, come on, let me hear you, kids. Is there any of you kids that are looking forward to going back to school? <laughs> I was one of those crazy kids like, I don't want to ever go back to school again. But you think about the wise men. They had a moment of experience, but then they went back to their lifestyle. Just like school's going to start back up. And all the parents are like, Woo, come on, let me hear your parents for school starting back up again. Yeah, right? Some people treat Jesus that way. This is in my notes. There are many Christians who attend church out of obligation or duty. They may feel like they need to attend or that they may feel like they are forced to attend. For some, church attendance is simply an obligation. For some, doing their devotions is an obligation. Listen, I believe if we're properly making room, we should never have that thought, I have to do this. Come on, on, we get to. The third people here, the third characters in the story is the shepherds. The shepherds. Always love the Christmas uh, dramas, you know, at the schools. They always dress the little kids up and the shepherds. I, I love that. It's always fun. But many of y'all know the stories of the shepherds. In Luke chapter 2, verse 15, look at this. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 says this. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, everybody say it with me, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a babe where? Lying in a manger. So who was there on the first Christmas night? The shepherds were, right? Verse 17, look at this. I got to be real honest with you. I never realized what verse 17 and verse 18 were saying until just recently. Look at this. Now, when they had seen him, 
Who's the him there? Jesus. They made widely known the saying, look at this. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Verse 18. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by who? Wow. Who were the first evangelists? The shepherds. I had never seen that before until just recently. But Mary, verse 19, let me finish this out. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was as it was told them. I believe that this response to Jesus is this, the coming of Jesus, that it changed their lives. Come on, let me ask the question again. How many of y'all's lives have been changed because of Jesus? The shepherds not only made time for Jesus, but they allowed the the encounter with Jesus to transform their lives. Let me just read this out of my notes. If we extend out this encounter into our own context, the encounter with Jesus, as how we can respond to Jesus, an appropriate response is that the encounter brings about transformative change in our life. We can't go back to the way life was before. Life can never be the same when we encounter Jesus. In other words, are we making Jesus a priority in our lives? Will we experience a tremendous anointed service on a Sunday? Just do we do that out of duty or obligation? Or do we encounter the Lord's presence out of a longing to draw closer to him? See, I believe that our time spent with Jesus Christ should be something that we have a passion for. And if we don't have it, we need to really work. That's a whole other message. What do we need to do to where Jesus becomes our passion? He's our passion here in this place today, man. The fourth and final characters I'm going to talk about here just as I wrap up my message here today is this. The fourth characters are Mary and Joseph. Mom and dad. Come on, where's all my mom and dads here today? Come on, how many other mom and dads? And you're, you're, come on, give me a shout out, mom and dads. And you're like, ooh, I'm a mom and dad. Uh, you know, whether you still got kids at home or not. You're a mom and dad, right? For, for Joseph and Mary, their life, their response was this. Their life was totally focused upon Jesus. Come on, how many of y'all, how many of y'all still got kids at home, right? How many of y'all don't have kids at any home any longer? Yeah, come on, where's all my empty nesters? Yeah, come on, how many of y'all are empty nesters, but now you're getting to enjoy grandkids? Come on, where's that group right there? Yeah, come on, how many of y'all glad you didn't kill your kids raising up so you could have the grandkids, right? Yeah. You parents that's got kids at home, this too shall pass. It does pass by very quickly. But you think about the story of Jesus. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. A beautiful story there. Bethlehem, the manger, all took place. A shepherd shows up. But how many of y'all know day two came? The next day. What happened the next day? I don't know. Was Mary like, hey, we got to find a hotel now. I'm out of this place. You know, I don't know. What are they? What? How long do they stay in Bethlehem? We don't know. We do know that they finally got back to the house to Nazareth there. But, you know, you think about, here's a toddler. Now, we think about Jesus being so holy, but did you ever think maybe he pooped his pants? Don't take that disrespectful, all right? Come on, he left heaven and came to this earth as a man, right? Come on, parents, how many of y'all remember the changing the diapers? Come on, how many of you parents remember the throw-ups? Come on, how many of y'all remember the messes? Come on, you remember the twos, the twos. Did Jesus have terrible twos? I don't know, could happen. Come on, I mean, he had all these moments. But the thing I love about when we contrast Herod, when we contrast the wise men, when we contrast the shepherds, when we contrast Mary and Joseph, who was it that spent day and night with Jesus? It was Mary and Joseph. What am I saying here today? 
Now, probably for everybody I'm talking to right now, you probably don't have the Herod experience like, I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. He's a threat to my lifestyle. But maybe you're like the wise man. Hey, I'll come to church, I'll do my duty, but then I'm gonna go back. When I need something, I'll run back to Jesus. Maybe like the shepherds, Jesus has transformed your life, but you still kind of, you got your Jesus time and then you got your time, your Jesus time, your time. But my challenge for us all here today is let's, let's be like Mary and Joseph, where we eat, sleep, and live Jesus. Is that possible in our world today? Is it possible to love Jesus every day, seven days a week? Is it possible to love Jesus while we're at work? Come on, some of y'all need to do better at loving Jesus at work because some of y'all got some challenges at work. Yeah. Is it possible to love Jesus when you're at Walmart trying to check out? Come on, is it possible to love Jesus when you're gassing up your car? Come on, is it possible to love Jesus wherever you're at? Yes. I'm not saying we got to be some weird, spooky, super spiritual, woo person all of our life. Like, woo, you know, don't talk to me. I'm talking to Jesus right now. Woo, you know what I'm talking about? Come on. How many of y'all know one of those, those people? <laughs> I'm just saying being people that live, eat, breathe, just with that concept of Jesus in our life. Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me? You know, what is your response to Jesus today? Of those characters I talked about, which one do you relate to in that? I want to be like Mary and Joseph. You know, my days of having kids in my home, I'm past those days. I get to enjoy the grandkids. You know, even as a grandparent, I have those moments with my kids, my grandkids. It's like, you know, because I'm kind of older now. I'm not that much older though, right? Kind of every once in a while I have those moments with my grandkids because my, my grandkids are on the go. They like to be doing stuff all the time. <laughs> and there's those times I just got to be brutally honest. I'm kind of get this thought in my back of my mind. Isn't it time for y'all to go home yet? <laughs> You're wearing me out. I need a rest. I need a nap. <laughs> I say that to say this, man, living life with Jesus. How many times do we do Jesus that way? Jesus, I just need a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. I just want to challenge you. Don't take a break from Jesus. Never take a break. Live your life with him. Kids, I want to just encourage you guys. Make Jesus an important part of your life. Whatever that looks like. Make space. Make room. Spend some time reading a Bible, reading a devotion. Spend time, whether it's praying for your meal before you eat or before you lay your head down to go to sleep. Spend the moment. Just recognizing Jesus, honoring Jesus. Will you make room for Jesus? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Again, we thank you for the greatest gift, the greatest gift ever given. For you so loved us that in our state of sin, in our mistakes we've made in our wrongdoings, in our missing of the mark of life. You loved us so much that you sent Jesus, the gift of Jesus, to this earth who stepped out of his deity from heaven to become what 
we were so that we could experience salvation, so that we could experience surrendering our life to Jesus so that we could become what Jesus is, sons and daughters of the creator of this universe. Lord, we're not forgotten. You have forsaken us. Lord, as your children here today, just help us to make more room. Not just a little corner, not just a room. Lord, we want you to invade the whole house, every area. Even that, maybe that little closet that we kind of keep things kind of hidden, that, that little room when people come over, we shove all that stuff in the room and we shut the door. Don't let anybody go to that room. Lord, we don't want to do that. We want to surrender our all to you here today. Here just as you are in a moment with the Lord, just again, ask yourself the question that we always love to ask here at World Harvest Church. Lord, what are you speaking to me through this message today? What is the Lord speaking to you in this message today? How can you make more room for Jesus in your life today? Let's all say this together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin, for my mess-ups. And Lord, help me to make more room for you, to spend every day of my life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, I just pray for each one that's hearing my voice right now, Lord God. In the situations of life that they've found themselves in, in the craziness of this world, Lord, I speak your peace. I speak love. Lord, fill them with your joy. Lord, may we do better jobs in making room for you. In your name, amen. Come on, one more time. Let's just give the Lord some praise in this place today. Father, we thank you and we praise you today. In Jesus' name.